You're listening to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. The show, of course, brought to you by the great folks at Built Bar. Man, I have been digging on Built Bar, and it's easy. You can, too. BuiltBar.com. Promo code Locked On for $10 off your first box. And a man who knows a little something about uh, Built Bar as well, plus the uh, the Auburn Tigers, Zach Blackerby. What's up, dude? Man, I could talk about Built Bar all day. I don't know if that's necessarily what the people <laughs> want, but it may be what the people need. So they sent us all these th- th- this loaded stocked box. What's your favorite flavor? I assume you've tried uh, most of, if not all of them. Anything with peanut butter Dude, that's is my thing. always a go for me. Now, there are some nutty flavors I'm into. I can handle that. I know some people have allergies, so they'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about that. But if you're into nuts, like me, sure. peanut butter especially, I'm all in on that. Yeah, peanut butter brownie has been my favorite. Ooh. And honestly, it's not close. It's just, they're all good, but that one is just... There's something about just how it interacts with my mouth. It's just so pleasant. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big fan of uh, of what's interacting with your mouth and the good folks at Built Bar. Promo code Locked On for $10 off. All right, so we're running through on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Zach, uh, I think we've done a crossover before, but in case you guys aren't aware, uh, has worked for ESPN 1067 in the Auburn Opelika area, and then of course has the Locked On Auburn podcast. So if you happen to be listening to this and you just really are craving that Auburn juicy goodness, you know where to go. Uh, Zach Blackerby, also on Twitter at Z Blackerby. I want to talk to you while we run through this schedule. I've okay. already talked to Tim Watkins about Baylor, and I'm just skipping over Southeast Missouri because, all right, you know why. Auburn, wow! No respect for Southeast Missouri. (laughs) Auburn um, starts what is a very challenging couple of weeks for Mm -hmm. Ole Miss, and Auburn's also in an interesting place because it seems like they could perpetually go nine and three with the way their schedule breaks. Like I kind of view them as likely to beat one of A and M, Alabama, Georgia, LSU most years, and then to lose to the others. What? First off, would you say are your expectations for Auburn before we actually talk about how we expect yeah. some of this game to go? What set the scene for folks listening about what the general vibe is among the Auburn fan base? Sure, yeah, I was I was asked this question on a, a podcast that I was a guest on yesterday, actually as well. So looking at it, yeah, I mean it's those three big games. It's you know how does Auburn do against Georgia? How do they do against LSU? And how do they do against Alabama? Georgia earlier in the season, and then they've got LSU and Alabama back to back in the end of the season, which is, is is brutal. Auburn's not winning both of those games. I, I would be shocked if they did. I, I would be shocked if anybody in the country could pull that off. So it's like, do they lose all three of those games? I don't think so. I don't think they do. But do they lose to an Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin? Does you know does the lane train pull off something interesting there, or you know do they lose against Mississippi State with you know Leach pulling off something odd, or North Carolina is kind of the other one that's going to be a little tricky. I think North Carolina is probably a more talented team than Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but I think Auburn should be able to take care of business. I think they're going to be more focused on North Carolina because they open up with Alcorn State and they play North Carolina. So I think all this kind of this preseason they're going to have that game circled. Looking at it. Kentucky at home. Uh, I think Auburn should be fine there. Texas A&M, they get, they get hyped up every season. i got to see it before I believe the hype. I'm, I'm at that point. You know, Arkansas, you don't think uh, really has anything going on there. So uh, I, I think 9-3 and three is a reasonable expectation. I think the goal should be 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one if you're the Auburn Tigers. But yeah, they, uh, they're looking at that matchup, their third matchup of the season against, uh, against Ole Miss. 
Folks, y'all know the deal. It's Built Bar. It's delicious. And it tastes just like a candy bar. They've got you covered on flavor and they're getting it to you easily, conveniently. All you have to do, BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off your first box. Did I mention seven times fewer carbs and seven times less sugar and more protein if you compare it to the most popular men's bar. So if you're missing out right now, I need you to do yourself a favor. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When you look at Auburn's team, what's going to be the strength? When you look at what they're bringing back and when you talk about those expectations. And I don't think 10-2 and two is unreasonable. I'm with you. I'm feeling optimistic about Auburn's season because of some of what they bring back. The most important piece to you is what? Yeah, it starts at the quarterback position. Uh, I, I almost went somewhere else, but I mean, it's just so cliche. I mean, Bo Nix is going to be a, a big storyline conference-wide, possibly nationally, when you look at this, the landscape of college football as far as what you're hearing is his potential. I mean, starting as a true freshman in the SEC is a big deal. Winning SEC Offensive uh, Freshman of the Year last year. I mean, the, all of those things are big deal. C- can he continue that trajectory? Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I think the less, less cliche answer is Auburn's linebackers. Physically, they're everything that you want. You've got the diversity with K.J. Britt, with an Owen Papo, with a Chandler Wooten. So, I mean, you've got guys that can do different things. Something that I think you're going to have to see more of this year, and I think you're going to see it from K.J. Britt, is, all right, no Derek Brown, no Marlon Davidson. You're going to see more guards getting downfield and trying to get bodies on these linebackers in the running game. So how do they do when guys are more freed up to block these guys? I think you're going to see less, less double teams on the defensive front for Auburn. But also... From a leadership standpoint, Derek and Marlon aren't there. The defensive backfield is not there. I, I think K.J. Britt's going to be the leader of this defense. So what does that look like? You know, you're kind of passing the baton off, and you know Auburn's had leadership from that spot before, that middle linebacker spot before. You know, you, you don't have to look too far back, whether it was you know Trey Williams or Deshaun Davis. They've been able to pull that off you know, time and time again. So I don't think that'll be that big of a transition, but it is something you have to watch. I am curious about the linebacker core because they're – going to be more of a known quantity than Auburn's defensive line. Although at this point, I think Auburn's defensive line coach Rodney Gardner has earned the benefit. He's of, pretty good. Yeah, he's earned the benefit yeah. of the doubt. So let's stick on quarterbacks. Then I like the answer about linebackers. But uh, the difference for Ole Miss and Auburn is not that I don't think that there's talent on Ole Miss's quarter or in Ole Miss's quarterback room, just like I think there is a ton of upside in Auburn's quarterback room. It's that they don't know who it's going to be, and there's mm-hmm. been no practice and. John Rice Plumley is a two-sport athlete. He was supposed to be playing baseball this spring. Well, there was no practice anyway. Sure. Uh, they're going to have to re- revamp Auburn also doing this, their offensive line, to an extent Auburn more so than Ole Miss. I One of the things that I'm so curious about with Lane Kiffin's offense has been his ability to make any number of different styles of quarterback work, and I'm really confident he's going to be able to do that again this year. However, I think it will pale in comparison to what Auburn and Bo Nix will do 
I think that his performance will be an impressive one to open up league play. And I think that Ole Miss's quarterbacks are still going to be finding themselves yeah. in this offense. Yeah, and so uh, I think I think it probably benefits Auburn when you look at that third matchup of the season. Like I think Auburn kind of knows more of who they are at this point, and that's been a big talking point around Auburn circles, right? I know you know this as well, but Auburn's in a good spot compared to a lot of the teams in the SEC. I mean, they've got a new offensive coordinator with Chad Morris coming in, but you kind of know what the offense is going to look like. He's just going to be calling plays instead of Gus Malzahn, but. Similar, similar kind of coaching style, similar scheme, maybe a little bit more passing patterns. And with Bo Nix, I think that makes sense. But they don't have to worry about who's going to be quarterback. You know, you may have to worry about some timing and some things up front and what that looks like. But even at the wide receiver position, Bo Nix feels comfortable with those guys. You may have some younger guys step up and get a little bit more reps. Anthony Schwartz, what does his role look like? Seth Williams, I think, is going to have one of the best receiving seasons in Auburn football history. So when you look at Auburn, knowing what they have going into the season, I think it benefits them a ton with this abbreviated offseason that we're all kind of going through right now. Let's stick with Morris then. He's gotten a lot of hate, understandably so, in Arkansas. Now, I don't think it's fair, but I get it. If you had that kind of struggle as a fan base, it's easy to put it all on him and not look at the broader picture of, uh, I think, a number of years of a downward turn Mm -hmm. since the Brett Bielema era. That did continue into Chad Morris's tenure. You mentioned the passing game. What do you expect to see? Because Gus Malzahn has been criticized pretty widely for his offense. Even when it's been successful, there's been conversation about your team, the New England Patriots, with Jarrett Stidham. There's this debate about what is he going to be like in a system that is very much different from what we saw him operate under Gus Malzahn. So where does Morris fit in that picture? I hope you see more timing patterns. I hope you see more uh, more reads. I hope you see more inter- of, the, of the intermediate passing game. Bo Nix has done really well in that. Auburn quarterbacks as a whole have done well in the intermediate passing game. It just hasn't really been called, right? And so when you look at Seth Williams, it's like, man, he seems like the perfect wide receiver to you know throw to 15 yards down the field. And so Auburn threw to him short. He threw it long, but not a whole lot of that mid-range stuff. And I think that's where Bo Nix is really going to be able to separate himself from a lot of the quarterbacks in the SEC. But Chad Morris is going to have to set that up. And so do you do that by running the ball in early downs? We know Malzahn loves to do that. Or do you start to see more of Auburn open it up on, uh, on first and 10? Just what does that look like? And so... I think the biggest thing to watch for really any team in the conference is how much does it change from what you did last year to this year? Once again, with this just, there hasn't been a whole lot of practice. There hasn't been a whole lot of a whole lot of offseason. And assuming things start on time, which personally I think it will. I don't know about fans and stuff, but as far as the, there being a season, mm-hmm. like what do you have a longer fall practice? Do they find a way to make that happen to kind of make up for spring being gone? I don't know. But regardless of what you do, you're not going to have that much time. I mean, you, you install things in spring and then you fine tune it in the fall. But like, you build your team at spring practice and you didn't have that this year. So I think uh, I think defensively for Auburn, that's going to be an issue with just how much they've replaced. There's clear guys that are going to step up. I mean, back all these backups that will be starters this year. There were backups last year. They all played. But it's just different. These roles are different. So, you know, with, with these extra times, I, I hope they add extra time to fall practice. I hope they can find a way to get another two weeks or so in there. It'd be really beneficial But for all, for all of college mm-hmm. football. But if for some reason they don't, I think Auburn's going to be one of the teams that benefits the most just because they know what they have at quarterback. They know what they have uh, on offense. And a lot of these guys on defense are coming back. 
So let's talk more then about the weakness of Auburn's team. When you're looking at what it is that they're having to replace, and I think the obvious part is also, it's not just that you're replacing a lot on the defensive line, it's that the guys who are going to be protecting Bo Nix, it's going to be a very different look. Mm -hmm. I think you've got one returning starter, and then the coaching staff seems confident in another player, Brodarius Ham. Outside of that, you're basically doing... It's not a full restart on the defensive line, but you're going to have two very different looking offensive and defensive lines for Auburn this season. I think, and I think you nailed it. And it's going to be more so on the offensive line, and and I'm sure you agree. So you, yeah, you look at four of the five guys last year now on NFL rosters, which is kind of fascinating because the unit itself wasn't good, but individually they're all pretty talented offensive linemen. So can this can this group? become more of a unit than just five talented offensive linemen and do you do that with bringing in fresh guys I mean they they hit the Juco mm-hmm. market hard with they got two Juco tackles uh, Killian Zaire and uh, Brendan Coffey I'm really high on both of those guys you mentioned Broderius Ham. Uh, you know, I'm hearing some good things about some other guys. Um, a Cam Stutz is a guy that I'm excited about. Could he be the other guard? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see and they're gonna have to battle that out. Once again how much of it how much of it do you know the guys that are already on campus and kind of know the system a little bit? How much of that do they have an advantage over these new coming guys? Auburn's got a new offensive line coach. Does he care about what they've done previously? I don't know. I don't know the answer. And so that's going to be interesting to see. As far as the defensive line, you mentioned Rodney Garner's success earlier. <laughs> Not worried about it at all. Right. I think Big Cat Bryant for Auburn has a chance to lead the SEC in sacks. I mean, he is a guy that I've been extremely high on this offseason. And I think Auburn's done such a good job under Kevin Steele forcing teams to third and long situations. And that, uh, that allows you to just tee off and go get the quarterback. I think Big Cat Bryant's going to do a really good job with that. Tyron Truesdale, he's garnering a lot of excitement. But the big thing is, okay, well, Derek Brown demanded all these double teams. Marlon Davidson demanded all these double teams. Tyron Truesdale did a good job winning one-on-one. What does it look like when he gets a little bit more attention? And then who's going to be the guy next to him? And so it's going to be interesting to see what Auburn does with a strong side defensive end because it's like I don't think you can put Big Cat Bryant there because and you put Derek Hall of the Buck because then it's like all right that's that's a pretty small front and so you know I think you'll be able to get ran on at that point so we'll see what they do there mm-hmm. they got the number one JUCO player in the country uh, in this class DeAndre Butler he listed himself as a defensive end Auburn listed him as a defensive tackle so I think he's going to play in that role somehow. And then you got some talented young guys. So we'll see. Connus Miller's the guy that hadn't played a whole lot. I'm really high on him. But uh, all in all, I mean, Rodney Garner's going to figure this out. I'm, I, I think the defensive line for Auburn is going to be good. And they're going to get a lot of help from those linebackers that we talked about earlier. Before we get to expectations, and I, I do want to hear your thoughts on what the Lane Kiffin era could be like and really what the expectation level should be in Oxford. It's something I've been wrestling with because Ole Miss fans historically have not seen a lot of success, but in recent years they got a taste of it, and Lane yeah. Kiffin has certainly been a part of some successful teams. But that defensive line that was so talented for Auburn was not the only group that had some high draft picks that include the likes of Derek Brown going in the top ten and Marlon Davidson being an early round two guy. Mm-hmm. Noah Igbenogany was drafted in the first round. But it's easy to focus on that. They're losing most of their defensive backfield. Is that potentially an area that's a concern for Auburn? 
<clears throat> yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going to see a bigger role with Smoke Monday. I'm a little concerned about his ability to cover consistently. I know uh, a lot of people are really high on Smoke Monday, and I think he's a box safety. I think he's a guy that you can step up and, and tell him to go hit people. I don't necessarily love him in coverage, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, once again, with all these different roles, your mindset changes. So can he, can he kind of step up there? I don't think he has that home run speed that you necessarily – want in a free safety, so I think he's going to have to step up a little bit. Sherwood's a guy that I'm really high on. I think the NFL's going to love him. Roger McCreary is a guy that I think Auburn fans are making a lot of assumptions on, and I think they're all valid. I think he's going to be very good. I think he has the the potential. I I think he has the skill set to be a true number one corner in the SEC, but he's been he, he was the number three corner on the team last year, mm-hmm. and now there's this assumption that he can be just as good as Noah or Jamel Dean the year before or Carlton Davis. Auburn's <laughs> had a great run of having number one corners of the, uh, over the last few seasons. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett's a guy that's backed up Noah for several years now, and I think uh, he was in a great situation going into spring because Auburn brought in this junior college kid, Marco Damio, and he wasn't going to get on campus till the summer. And so Nehemiah Pritchett had had a, a leg up as far as getting on the field, getting some reps, getting experience, and playing with the, the rest of the ones. Now that doesn't happen. So does Pritchett fall to the wayside and they bring in Damio, a JUCO guy, a pretty highly touted JUCO guy. You don't typically bring those guys in just to kind of sit around. So we'll see what that looks like. But like I said earlier, they lost a lot on defense, but it's pretty clear for the most part who are going to be the guys stepping up. And I think that's a good thing, and I think that was by design. All right, then that leads me here. If you're Lane Kiffin, and right. both of these teams will have had one tough game already because Auburn will have played North Carolina the week prior, mm-hmm. and Ole Miss will have opened up against Baylor, they'll both have a cupcake game in there as well. How do you attack this Auburn team. You're clearly in a talent deficit, but the game's in Oxford. It's your first conference game for Lane Kiffin. So even though you know you're unlikely to win, you just, I think, want to be exciting. I think you want to keep it close for a respectable amount of time. Is that even possible, Zach, when you look at the way the two rosters are built and a lot of the certainty that Auburn is entering the season with as opposed to Ole Miss with the first-year coaching staff that doesn't even know who their quarterback's going to be? Yeah, I think uh, you got to keep it low scoring, right? And so I, I think you got to kind of put some pressure on Bo Nix. We don't know what that offensive line's going to look like. You know, maybe you know by the third game of the season, it hasn't developed yet. And so I think that's where Ole Miss would really have to capitalize and take advantage of this. As far as when Ole Miss has the football, I think the biggest thing is you look at all these new defensive backs, and Lane Kiffin's going to be good at this. You make those guys have to make decisions. You draw up scheme. You draw up some, you know, some some patterns. And you make college football players, young, inexperienced college football players, make decisions. And I think that's kind of what you're going to have to do and hope that, you know, if you do that 20 or 30 times, they, <laughs> they mess up two or three. And, you know, the play could be a touchdown. It could be a 20-yard game. You don't know. And you just hope uh, if you can capitalize on some of those, it turns into points. I think that's what it's, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Any hope for Ole Miss? I know it's way yeah, early, yeah, but like, so. is this a game that Ole Miss fans should at least be optimistic about and that they could be entertained? Maybe you don't go into it thinking, hey, we're going to shock the world in, our, in Lane Kiffin's first conference game, but just can you be competitive? I, I think you can. I think you can. And you, know, you mentioned Auburn playing North Carolina the week before. That's going to be a physical game. Uh, I think what they're doing up there, they're building a, a different type of culture, and I think they're going to want to beat each other up. And you know, Auburn's going to have to travel to Atlanta and, you know, Whenever there's those special, you know, Chick Fil A kickoff kind of games, like those those events, 
it's more than just a game, so you're going to be tired. It's going to become. It's going to be tough to to bounce back from that. And then you know the the emotion side of it. I think, I think both of those teams will be ranked in the top twenty five, and so you got to turn around and you look at it, and you're going to be told that you, you're going to be able to beat Ole Miss easily. Just mentally and emotionally, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. So does Ole Miss have a chance? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I, I just got a feeling you'll be able to tell me this more than more than I would, Painter. But it seems like. Seems like Ole Miss is excited about Lane Kiffin, and so there's going to be a lot of emotion there. They're going to want to, you know, shock the world for their new uh, their new coach. And yeah, I think um, they're going to need some things to go their way. Like you said, I mean, the talent is definitely pointing towards Auburn, but uh, yeah, I, I think Ole Miss fans should have hope. Absolutely. So expectations are the other thing I wrestle with because mm-hmm. Ole Miss quite frankly, historically has been near the bottom of the league. And in recent years, that wasn't the case. And Lane Kiffin's been a part of a lot of winning. Uh, Odd career at FAU or or tenure at FAU because he Mm -hmm. wins the conference two out of three years. But that one year, they were terrible. Uh, He revamps his career at Alabama. And right now, as you just mentioned, sort of embodies, I think, the stereotype of the Ole Miss fan. So it is a perfect marriage. What should the expectations be in your mind in terms of wins a year, The where do they belong in the recruiting pecking order, and how can Lane Kiffin please this fan base, knowing that it's unlikely they're ever going to win an SEC championship? Well, you got to beat Mississippi State, right? That's a big part of it. you got to be better than Mississippi State, and I think they should be. I think they should be from a recruiting standpoint. I think they should be from a, from a talent standpoint and just kind of where they are in the state. I think it just makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you got to be better than Arkansas, which I think they already are. If not, it won't be tough for them to get to that point. <laughs> And just looking at the rest of the SEC West, it's like, man, can you get a few of um, few recruits out of Texas that you know are considering Texas A and M? That that's going to be tough. Can I mean, Jimbo's national media says that he's doing something out there. We'll see. You know, I think you and I are just kind of like, well, let's let's see it first. But then you got to win a game or two every year that you're not supposed to. And I think with that spread style offense, you just got to catch somebody on the right week. And I think he's going to be able to do that. On a fairly consistent basis, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it this year, especially with all of the the craziness with mm-hmm. the, you know limited practices uh, due to the pandemic. So you, you may have to put it on pause, you know, on hold for a year or so, and then you know he's got some of his guys coming in, and then you could possibly start to see the the program tilt towards you know the the Kiffin era following his first season. You know, he gets another recruiting class in. But as far as expectations go, I mean, I think right now you need to aim for eight wins and hope you beat a few teams you're not supposed to. I'm with you there. I think eight wins seems unlikely this year, but I think generally if you set an over-under, that's about where it ought to be. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. that You need to beat your rivals. That's any team, right? Any coach, any program. And then cause some chaos. Like beat teams you shouldn't beat. Surprise some people and do it in an exciting way. And I think that's going to take steady recruiting. And Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, I think are going, they're going to be capable of this, but it's going to take time. And that's where I'm most concerned with the Ole Miss fan base is in year three or four, are you going to be patient? Let those recruiting classes build. Can Lane Kiffin, and I think he can, get them consistently in a top 15, even a top 12 range with stellar quarterback play. Suddenly you're looking at a team that's good enough to compete with a lot of those upper tier SEC West teams, probably not beat them regularly, but at least, again, surprise a team. I mean, they beat Ole, they beat Alabama two mm-hmm. times in a row. Like, we've seen them do it. It is possible. And Lane Kiffin is innovative, and I think that's important, not only to level the playing field with your talent, but you're going to have to do things differently because you're not going to be able to bully LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M. They've just got too much talent, and I think all of that is just going to take more time than Ole Miss fans 
are going to want. But if yeah. they're willing to wait, I think this is a marriage that will be great. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know, by that third or fourth year, you need a signature win at that point, whether it's an Alabama or an LSU or an Auburn. Uh, you got to find a way to get a signature win for Lane Kiffin during his time at Ole Miss. And once you get one of those, it kind of buys you another year regardless of kind of what else happens, right? I think people kind of look past a few things. And it's like, okay, that's a glimpse of you know possibly what the future is. And so you, you've seen, you know, you, you saw the other the other team in the state kind of get trigger happy with with <laughs> you know they bring in a guy that says they're a guy. Then what? After two years, they let him go. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and like I'm not, I wasn't a fan of his, but like you got to give him more than two seasons. And so it seems like Oxford is going to give them give Kiffin more of a time, regardless of how the first two or three seasons goes. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly hope. I think it's good for the SEC for Lane Kiffin to be back in it, but. Yeah, as far as expectations go, right now you, you aim for eight wins, and then once you get eight, you aim for nine. Once you get for nine, and then it's like, okay, all of a sudden we got a chance. If the ball bounces our way, you know, a few times in a, in a few uh, crucial moments throughout the season, yeah, all of a sudden you got a chance. Zach, where can people follow along with you? You do a great job covering Auburn and. Uh have always enjoyed our chats. We don't do this enough anymore. Uh, I agree. I agree. For us to be so close the majority of the day, we really don't do this enough. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, and you can check out Locked on Auburn wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Greatly appreciate Zach hanging out today. We'll get back at it on Friday. Again, don't miss out on BuiltBar.com, baby. They're taking it to you. The delicious, yummy protein. It's good for you, but you wouldn't even know it. Also, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered for all your sports needs. It's not just Locked On Ole Miss, baby. The Locked On Podcast Network. Easy. Easy.